And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Episode 274, Constitutionals Podcast. Let me clear my throat. <coughs> Here we are. Uh, back at it again. Uh, I Listen, I just I, I, I have some uh, exciting news in regards to my, uh, my gym activity. Um, this is, you know, every, every company, I guess, is doing their yearly end wrap-ups, even though it's December 15th. I guess it's the time to do it. But I got my year in sport from Strava. And I have to tell you, I kicked so much butt this year. Who daddy. Uh, let me look at, okay, you can't look at it online, so I have to go to my, I saved, I saved the most important parts. Uh, so, I worked out for a total of 760 hours. That's 307 active days. I was active for 307 days, excuse me. Uh, I did the math. I think it was, I think that's a total of like 41 days, something like that. My top sport was cycling. My total distance was 614 miles uh, traveled and, and, you know, whatever. And then I was in the top 1% of Strava this year. I'm just saying they have 100 million active users. One percent of a ten, a hundred million is uh, one million, baby. I'm one in a million. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to brag about is uh, how how much I've worked out this year. That and then that's on top of the you know the twenty thousand I did, twenty thousand minutes rather I did for um, Peloton. I was gonna say Lululemon, <laughs> but I mean they're basically now the same company since Lululemon got rid of Mirror, which is which is such an uh, a stupid thing to do, you know. The when uh, was it Lululemon bought Mirror? When Lululemon bought Mirror earlier last year or a couple years ago, I don't remember. Uh, and Mirror was the connect is if you don't remember the connected fitness company with a giant mirror that had a you know a screen on the inside, and you can do workouts while looking at the mirror, whatever. And is and, and yes, it was expensive and kind of niche and. They only just opened up the app, I believe, last year to people so they don't have to subscribe to Mirror. And maybe it seemed to be a loss leader for the company, for Mirror itself, or for Lululemon itself. Uh, they rebranded it to Lululemon Studio, I believe, late last year or early this year. And then they just uh, up and said, hey, Mirror is not no longer going to exist in 2024. And also we're partnering with Peloton. Because they're the, I mean, as much as much money as they've lost in the past couple of years, you know, Peloton is the name, the leading name in at-home fitness. Not even, I still have the Nike app, um, and they're, they don't even update often, if at all. Uh, I also have the TRX app that came with my, I mean, I have the TRX cables. But they have, the TRX also has an app that only has TRX things on it. And, uh... I don't know if it's free, but I know you you can you have to pay for like live classes, so it's like fifteen dollars per live class. And those are the only apps that I use for working out: Strava, Peloton, Garmin Connect, uh, and then another one to track my. I, I dare not say it because they now charge, and I got it when it was free, but I was grandfathered in to the uh, to never having to pay. It's called Strong. Uh, Strava, Nike, TRX, Garmin Golf, my gym, Mind Body Fit, 
Thera, Theragun, Therabody, and uh, Yuffie Life for weighing myself. That's the least important thing. I just want to say, or least interesting thing. I just want to say, hey, baby, I'm strong. Let's get on with this story, this uh, this show story. One story, no, it's news time, which is coming back, I promise. <laughs> I promise, I promise, I promise. This comes from Deadline, written by Dade Hayes. Showtime Linear Networks sets date of rebrand to Paramount Plus with Showtime. And one of the, speaking of rebrands from uh, Lululemon and Mirror to Lululemon Studio to now nothing. <laughs> this This has to be one of the most and this is a clean show so forgive my my phrasing here but ass backwards ways of trying to get along with the streaming times now if you don't know cbs all access viacom owns showtime paramount blah 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 the rest the the, the, the vh1 bet mtv comedy central blah, blah blah cbs all access was the was one of the original streaming apps that was kicking so much butt and actually one of the original streaming apps, you know, besides Netflix and Hulu. And then it was rebranded to Paramount Plus. And uh, Showtime was shoved in there so that you can, you know, you can, oh, you can, if you want to get Paramount Plus, you also get Showtime. And now we're at a point where it's called Paramount, the app is now Paramount Plus with Showtime. Showtime, as I've learned in my, uh, in the book Tinderbox that I'm reading currently, in the middle of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on a pause. I'm about, I'm about, it, that book is like over a thousand pages long. I would say I'm maybe 20% through. Uh, but there, there are points where Showtime is sometimes mentioned because it, it is around the HBO space. And, you know, Showtime, I would definitely put it up there. I mean, it's not, in terms of importance, it's not up there with HBO, but it is one of the premier cable channels, premier cable networks, to maybe even go to toe-to-toe with them. And with HBO. And Jesus. And now, I hate that noise. And now uh, that legacy, much like Max's, uh, Warner Brothers removing Max. I can say this because now uh, my contract's no longer with them. I can say this. Warner Brothers removing Max, removing Max from the name HBO Max just kind of tarnishes its legacy and just and grouping in all this other TLC and Food Network and stuff like that. I'd say Food Network is bad. I enjoy a lot of Food Network shows. But you're taken away from what was important, the HBO part of that. HBO is the bigger name. No one knows what Max is. I still call it HBO Max. I had an interview I just uh, with uh, with a company for a job, and I, just, and I called it HBO Max. Viacom Paramount Global, rather, is is uh, uh, rebranding the Showtime network to Paramount Plus with Showtime. It makes no sense. Now, there is a Paramount network on basic cable, but even that is still just going to be Paramount Network. Yes, people know what the Paramount brand is, but they're... But even still, we're still comparing it. We're still at... We're keeping it on the same level as the movies. Even when I see the Paramount network... And I'm scrolling by on television. I go, it's Paramount. It used to be Spike TV. But taking the name Showtime out of, or, you know, putting Showtime behind the Paramount Plus is, is just such a, a blind way to ruin the company. Now, original series from Showtime are still going to be available on the network. 
and that includes shows like uh, 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 The Chai, Fellow Travelers, The Curse, Yellow Jackets, Your Honor. Well, I mean, Your Honor's already done, though. Uh, and then they're going to have new shows as well, obviously. The rebrand's going to begin on January in January. And uh, the second season of Halo is going to premiere with a selection of other Paramount Plus, the streaming app shows, Mayor of Kingstown, Star Trek Discovery, and Wolfpack on Paramount Plus with Showtime. Uh, premium cable networks, they, they, used to, they used to run the gamut. And now uh, it, they, they're sitting third, I would say. You know, the people, they're sitting third behind even broadcast. You go streaming networks, broadcast. I mean, I'd probably say they're sitting fourth. Streaming networks, you know, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, if that even counts, broadcast than that. Because broadcast is easily accessible. I'm not a fan of the rebrand. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you're taking it away. You're taking it away. All right. Uh, this next one comes from Video Game Chronicle. Video Games Chronicle. Don't just have VGC on the website. First of all, the website is very confusing. Second, don't just have VGC sitting. I had to look up at the URL. Written by Tom Ivan, Microsoft is exploring uh, offering free Xbox Game Pass streaming with ads. Microsoft is exploring offering free Xbox Game Pass streaming with ads. Okay. Did any of these people go to school? Xbox's chief financial officer, CFO, otherwise, uh, Tim Stewart, suggested that it's no secret that Xbox, Microsoft wants Game Pass on every screen possible. That's why we have workarounds on iOS. That's why we have an app that uh, you can download on um, your phone, your Android phones. That's why it's on Samsung TVs, Sony TVs. I believe it's on the latest LG TVs. It's definitely not on mine. Uh, that's why you can get up a Windows laptop and game stream to your heart's content. And if it's strong enough, then you can just download the Game Pass app. They don't have a Mac OS app. Uh, and again, I have to you have to, uh, put, to go to Safari and save it to your desktop, whatever, as a web app. Game Pass is lucrative, but it is also not lucrative in a sense where it's not making them a ton of money. They just changed uh, uh, Xbox Live Gold to Xbox Game Pass Core, which will give you, uh, you know what? I don't know what Game Pass Core does because I pay for Ultimate. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what Core does. Does Core give you like online play or whatever? Anyway, then there's Ultimate, which is you can download games, you can stream games, do whatever you want. So xCloud Game Streaming, they this guy, uh, Mr. Stewart, Tim Stewart, the CFO of Xbox, said at the Wells Fargo TMT Summit, quote, the vision I like to talk about is we have xCloud game streaming so you can subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate and you can stream hundreds of games to really any endpoint that has a browser experience. Okay, where's the ad thing? Uh, where's the ad thing? Africa is 50%. Okay, wait. For models like Africa or India, Southeast Asia, many places that aren't console first, you can say, hey, do you want to watch 30 seconds of an ad and then get two hours of game streaming? So, I mean, it's 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 more or less like uh, YouTube. What YouTube does, 
you know, you get ads or what free streaming does, Tubi, Crackle, if that still exists. This is a this is that would be an interesting move for them. Uh, Windows Central also reported that there's a, a business model that could start as soon as next year. Uh, it I mean you know it, it it makes sense for them. Everything is so ad supported, and if people are really uh, willing to to put up with you know thirty seconds of ads, I have Peacock with ads. And it's not as they're not as obtrusive. They are very obtrusive, but they're not as obtrusive. And uh, compared to, you know, not having ads with HBO Max, see, did it again, or Netflix, because I'm not really sitting on Peacock watching things. <laughs> yeah, I get an 130 seconds of uh, ads before a movie, but there's no ads during the movie, which is good. I can watch Exorcist Nonbeliever without any ads. This next one comes from Jennifer Moss over at Variety. Netflix releases first biannual report with massive trove of data, including for licensed titles. Now, this is a huge thing because Netflix never, ever, ever releases numbers. And these aren't the fake numbers that they put on their uh, their website, you know, uh, uh, how we how we lived uh, or how to watch things or whatever that website is called. We got real actual numbers. Oh yeah, yeah. They have the top ten, the Netflix top ten. That's that's that was their that was their first set of numbers, um, uh, ever. And that was in 2021. But now they're actually kind of playing along with the Nielsen thing, the Nielsen rating system, which uh, uh, Charles Barkley was not a fan of when people were talking so poorly about um, him and uh, he and Gail Gail King's show. Uh, King Charles, he on the I believe on uh, the Steam Room podcast, uh, he's Ernie asked him about it, Ernie Johnson, and he just went off. He's like, "Don't believe Nielsen, all that stuff. That all that stuff is crap. We it's a you know it's a great show. Blah blah blah. You should go listen to it. Go listen to that episode. I think it was very very. I mean, he stood up. He for one, he did the right thing. Was yes, he stood up for the the work that he put into that show, or that they and then that people put in that show, and yeah, just because something is you know quote-unquote bad doesn't mean that uh, other people aren't working out there's jobs and everything uh tell that to the producers of uh a certain cnn morning show that i worked on um the new report's titled what we watched i'm not i'm no longer working there i can say that the new report titled uh what we watched a netflix engagement report covers more than 18,000 titles and nearly 100 billion hours viewed between January and June 2023. So what it includes is the hours viewed for every title, both Netflix original and licensed shows. So you'll get things um, like, um, uh, oh God, Cowboy Bebop is the first show I can think of. And um, uh, what's a licensed show? Suits. Uh that were watched for more than 50,000 hours during that period. The premiere date for any Netflix original TV series or film and whether a title was available globally or not. I would say most shows are available globally. And as it turns out, it looks like, uh, here's some, here's some, here's some notes on this. First things first, excuse me. First things first, they're going to start publishing what we watch a Netflix engagement report twice a year, which is better than what they've done in the past. 
Uh, Okay. So the strength of returning favorites, this is from the Netflix's uh, uh, press release about this. Shows like Ginny and Georgia, Alice in Borderland, Marked Heart, Outer Banks, You, Queen Charlotte, XO Kitty, and the film sequels Murder Mystery 2 and Extraction 2 were very popular. They're on the top 10 list this year. So those are those are returning ones. The new shows like The Night Agent, which I believe, if you look at the report itself, I don't like things that download directly to my computer. Put it in PDF format. And now I have to open up numbers. Oh, Jesus in heaven. My God. Uh, the Night Agent, which was released March of uh, 2020 oh, God, or 2023. I don't know how to shrink things. Hold on, I gotta do the quad setup again. How do I close uh, this? How do I how do I not have this open? All right, whatever. Okay, uh, the night agent, which was the most watched property on Netflix from January to June 2023, had. Uh, 812 and 100 million views. 812 million, 100,000 views. Wednesday was number four with 507 million views. Oh, Beef did pretty well too. Interesting. Beef is beef is down at, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't count that much because the, the numbers are off. Here, but yeah, that's insane. Ooh, Luther Fallen Son. I've yet to watch that because I've yet to finish Luther. I've been watching that for uh, what five years now. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with things. <laughs> there are other things like All Quiet on the Western Front, which continually did well beyond their premieres. That came out October 2022. Uh, non-English titles grew 30, uh, have 30% of all viewings. Older licensed titles uh, are apparently really good. Even though I've, I often say this, and in fact, I said it this week uh, when I was looking through my uh, queue on Netflix, uh, that I do, I think, I think Netflix would be a lot more, not a lot more successful, but they could save a lot of money and really, and you know, invest that back into us by not licensing titles. But we all know that people love it. You know, the casual viewer. If Seinfeld's on Netflix, I'm going to subscribe to Netflix. If it's on Hulu, I'm going to subscribe to Hulu. That's where things go. That's why I subscribe to Disney Plus. If if The Simpsons was just on Hulu and not on Disney Plus, I don't know if I would have Disney Plus. I have every streaming service, so. <laughs> During a call with reporters on Tuesday, Netflix CEO Ted Sarandos and VP of Strategy and Analyst Lauren Smith fielded questions about the findings, noting that they plan to do this biannually. So at some point in the new year, we'll get a June to December 2023. Uh, yeah. Will this, will, will this be uh, open up the door for, I mean, Netflix is obviously the most popular streaming service, television or otherwise. 
will this open up the door for other streaming networks who have also ta- who have taken Netflix's lead and said we're not going to release numbers too? So as that like Hulu, Disney Plus, uh, Max, Prime, Paramount Plus, are we going to get numbers from them? Because I'm I'm sure the people who make these things would love to see how well or how poorly they're doing, as opposed to having have uh, uh, you know some exec go. You're doing great. <laughs> You're in the top ten. But what does that mean? Any book can be in the New York Times bestsellers list. It's true. I'm looking through the list right now. Black Blacklist season one, Breaking Bad season three, Lucifer season three. That's before Lucifer moved over to Netflix. It's not often that, you know, I'll say this. It's very controversial. <laughs> I think Lucifer moving from Fox broadcasting over to Netflix. Uh, it still stayed good. And it never lost a stride, even though season six, I was definitely tired of watching it. I enjoyed that show, though. And uh, uh, I believe TNT has uh, the uh, broadcast rights to it. Broadcast. Uh, the uh, what's it called? Uh, syndication rights to it. And man, if it's <laughs> if it's 4 p.m. and I just need to put something on in the background, I'm watching Lucifer <laughs> or whatever time it comes on. If I see it on the channel guide, I'll turn it on. I mean, the list has the usual suspects. Even the Queen's Gambit is still is still posting decent numbers. I mean, well below Puss in Boots and the Thunderman season two. What was Friends on uh, Netflix at some point in the past year? Okay, I'll stop looking at this. All right, this next one comes from Wall Street Journal, written by. Am I not signed in? Okay, I can still see the article, so it's fine. Alexandra Bruel, New York Times hires first newsroom leader focused on artificial intelligence. This uh, Zach Seward, who was the Quartz co-founder, he's going to be trying to find uh, principles for how the Times will and won't use generative AI. Uh, I can tell you something. I do not like this guy's headshot. The hire comes as news organizations cautiously explore generative AI tools that assist in creating news content. Now, if you remember, uh, Sports Illustrated and CNET both got in trouble this year for how they were using AI, uh, one of which, CNETs, resulted in the layoffs of a good percentage of the people that worked there. If you look at their YouTube channel, you can see that, too. If you look at Engadget's YouTube channel, does pe- do people even work there anymore? The Verge as well. Now, uh, tech, uh, AI is, 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 is going to be an important tool for the next several <laughs> rest of our lives. And it's, it's important to not just shun it out completely um, as much as, you know, I'm not a fan of generating photos that could take from people who are actually making photos or painting or whatever. And, uh, and, and as much as I'm not a fan of, you know, a company which is already happening – uh, companies uh, just writing stories with AI, just plugging in six details, and then now uh, entire things are being written with AI. Uh, it is a tool that that is going to have to be used uh, in the future. But 
much like every tool, you have to be judicious with it. You know, you're not going to use a hammer. You can use a hammer to build a house, but you're not going to use a hammer on everything. You're not going to use a hammer to put in tile, to to put down carpeting. It can help with those things. I don't know how, but but it, but it's definitely it's definitely not something you can rely on the entire time. So with with these AI generating tools and with with and hiring people who are going to be in charge of howing how howing how we're able to implement these tech, this technology into the newsroom, things it can just do things like generating headlines that are different compared to you know uh, what the competition is doing. And is it going to affect jobs? Is it going to affect work? And is it going to affect jobs? The quality of the work and the jobs that the people have. You can't just say, okay, now this AI tool is going to replace five people. Because that's not how it works. Because those five people could be the best people in the newsroom. The Times has already begun allowing new staff to apply for the opportunity to experiment with AI tools, according to a spokesman. At one meeting in August, around 50 senior newsroom employees discussed ways the paper could use the technology to make existing work more efficient, including generating headline ideas or parsing data. I think that would be great, parsing data, because especially if you read the New York Times and uh, at points the Wall Street Journal, there are many stories that they do that involve like they'll they'll be like a New York Times magazine story that's like a 50 minute read and it's looking into uh I was about to say a headline and uh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying the headline so maybe uh it's like you know how many how many uh, bullets have been used in the Ukrainian war so far and you know they'll they'll have it'll be digital and it'll have all this different stuff I didn't do that right. I didn't really describe any of that right. <laughs> Here's an example of uh, some uh, a, a company, another company using AI. Gannett's, uh, Gannett, excuse me, uh, Columbus Dispatch, for example, ran an AI-generated article about a high school soccer game that left blanks where the winning team's mascot belonged. It said, it said quote, the Worthington Christian winning team mascot Defeated the Westville North losing team mascot twenty two to one. Like, see, that's that's what happens when you when there's not anyone there to fact check and to really guide what AI is supposed to be doing. And and AI is supposed to be guide, like helping us. You you just can't rely on it. You also can't just hire a, a, a Taylor Swift or Beyonce reporter and think that's going to be a real job. This next one comes from a Variety, written by Tyler Aquilina. SiriusXM's big pivot can't hope to challenge Spotify. Now, I saw this headline and I thought, uh, I, I immediately was opposed to it. Uh, but there is a lot of merit to it. Spotify is an entirely different beast. When, let's look at, I mean, it, they're both streaming services, but let's look at Netflix. Netflix is already the leader, the market leader when it comes to streaming television, streaming movies, whatever, streaming stuff to watch. And uh, and I guess besides YouTube, but Netflix. <laughs> and 
when a streaming app releases or a company with streaming properties releases, like this next story I'm going to talk about with uh, Dropout, uh, I, it's not possible or smart or correct for the for a company to go, we're gunning after the top spot. You can't just say, you can't move the, the Raiders to Las Vegas and go, we're going to win a Super Bowl. You know, it's going to take time to build that team back up again. You can't lose Tom Brady and go, all right, now the Patriots are still going to be on top because that's not how it happens. So by immediately putting Spotify in this position where it has to go up against, uh, excuse me, immediately putting SiriusXM in this position where it has to go up against Spotify, you're, I think you're, you're partially missing the point. One of those is this, and as I'm a subscriber, and I can say this because I, I like it a lot, is an old, crotchety, withered, and almost dated beast. It, live, it, it, it started in a car. It still lives in a car, but now they have apps. They've, they've already had apps, but now they're redesigning the app to get you to be a complement to your already streaming app. They don't care. No one, no one at Spotify, no one at, excuse me, no one at SiriusXM, I truly believe, no one at SiriusXM gives a hoot that you have Spotify. They, in fact, they know you have Spotify. They know you have Apple Music. They know you have Tidal. They know you have YouTube Music. These are Quibits. Quibits is that what's called? What have you? Cubas. Excuse me. But this is supposed to be a compliment. You don't like people. You can, but people don't just have Netflix. They also have uh, 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 Max or Hulu, or Disney+, Plus or Paramount+, Plus and Peacock, they have other ways of getting their entertainment. This is just another way. You're not going to go to the gym and just run. You're going to walk. You're going to lift weights. You're going to do core. You're going to stretch. You're going to do everything possible. Not everything possible. But you're going to do different things because otherwise your legs are just be hurting. So that's where that's where I, I that's where I disagree with with Tyler on this uh, this challenge to Spotify because I don't it's not like we we know it's not like no one's going to rely only on SiriusXM. There's a point where my mom was only listening to the Pandora and I was like, you got to get Apple Music or Spotify. <laughs> and uh, you know, Pandora is now owned by uh, SiriusXM or I don't know, vice versa. I don't know. So with so th- so they rebranded themselves. Uh, they're calling it the next generation of SiriusXM. They dropped their plans by a dollar per month, so now it's nine ninety nine. At some point, they'll probably raise it back up. Uh, the new app also more closely integrates SiriusXM's audio holdings, which includes music streamer Pandora and the podcasting platform Stitcher, and an interface that that what Tyler writes looks like a lot like Spotify. Um, I'll I'll give them that uh, them that because I'm not. I w- I would say Spotify is a little bit more busy, uh, which is w- the reason why I uh, stopped using it. I do go to Spotify whenever there's a new album out, and I see it on YouTube Music. Or if I don't see it on YouTube Music first, then I'll go to Spotify and I'll save it in there uh, because uh, sometimes they have they have uh, three months for ten dollars, and and I want to switch for a little bit. Uh, and it also makes it easy to put things, to put my playlists on um, Apple Music <laughs> by using a th- another app. So it's like four different apps to listen to music. I like music. 
SiriusXM has around 150 million listeners. Uh, they stalled at about 34 million paid subscribers in 2020, uh, which I'm sure went down because of the pandemic. Spotify has 574 million users and 226 million paid subscribers worldwide. Pandora had just 6.1 million paid subscribers in Q3, and they lost 150,000 year over year, essentially. That's interesting. Um, the There's a pivot that they're saying is coming, uh, that Tyler's saying coming uh, much too late. And I agree with that. There was a point in college where I thought, I didn't know Howard Stern was only on, uh, the dog is awake, only on Sirius XM. And he woke up the cat. <laughs> um, I, and then I tried to get TuneIn. And I didn't know what TuneIn was. And that was like sort of the same thing. Uh, and I just remember thinking, man, oh man, I'm going, like, when I have money, I'm going to get Sirius XM. And then I finally got Sirius XM. Look at him stretch back there. <laughs> Maverick, get off the couch. Uh, and then I was like, I'm going to get Sirius XM. And then I finally, and then years later, I got Sirius XM. And um, because it came with my a second car, I, uh, I, I wrecked one car. And then, uh, then it came with this other car for a little bit. And then I just never canceled the thing. But it is still an antiquated mess. I was playing with the app this morning on the iPad. Uh, the Android app is not updated for some reason. And uh, I can't find Howard Stern videos. Uh, you know, they put a lot like Spotify. They put everything into one area. So when, when you go to your For You thing, uh, you'll see, you know, the I'll see like the NFL you know, podcast or whatever with uh, the Phoebe Bridgers show and and then like um, uh, 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 the 10 spot. I'll see like everything mixed together. And then it's only when I hit podcasts or when I hit um, channels, that's when everything kind of just falls in the line. Now, I, I do enjoy Sirius XM. That's why I continue to subscribe to it. But it's still leagues behind streaming platforms. In fact, it even lags behind uh, CD players, according to audio sources in the car between 2021 and 2023. It still lags behind CD player, which obviously everything is losing to AM, FM radio. Again, I don't think it's completely competing with, hey, get off the table. Maverick, come here. Jesus, he, she gets on the coffee table and then he thinks it's okay to get on the coffee table. My God, why is everybody on the coffee table? <laughs> Again, I don't think it's competing with it completely in a sense, but I also, you know, it definitely has it in its in its purview. All right, and the final story, this comes from The Mary Sue, written by Michael Dawson as well as uh, Variety, written by Jennifer Moss. Dropout streaming revenue, a streaming service announces end-of-year revenue sharing for its creatives. Uh, Dropout, which is the new form of college humor, um, which is their streaming service, I guess. Uh, uh, if you remember college humor, it was a website. When I was, a, when I was but a boy, it was a website. And you go to it, and they'd be like ranking hot women, and I would be, I'd be like, I hope nobody sees that I went to this website. <laughs> it's very true. 
Who has the biggest boobs? <laughs> uh, and like some some also also some other uh, you know co- uh, humor humor type things. Uh, but uh, eventually, a couple like several years ago, I would say. Um, in 2018 is what this article says with the Mary Sue says uh, they created CH Media they kind of gotten rid of the uh, college humor part they're not kind of they got rid of the college humor part and Dropout became its own thing they have shows like Um Actually which sounds annoying Dimension 20 which sounds annoying Gods of Food which sounds annoying and Cartoon Hell which sounds annoying uh, and uh, <laughs> what, what it turns out is <laughs> what it turns out is they're profitable enough and uh, I, one of the uh, quote uh, Kevin Siller, who works on Dropout, posted a screenshot on Instagram of an email from Sam Reich, uh, who you who now owned, who used to be like a uh, like one of the workers of College Humor, then became a boss of College Humor, then he owns College Humor, and now he owns Dropout um, or runs Dropout. Excuse me. He sent an email to everybody who works at Dropout, says that 2023 was a successful year for Dropout and that they continued to grow and now they're going to do revenue sharing, which is a fantastic thing. I mean, we've had the strikes and a lot of these people are probably, you know, on these shows, they're probably SAG after shows. They're probably WGA shows. And they, I've never seen a second of these. I know, I think most of them are uh, game shows. Uh, but that's exciting. That's exciting that this that a streaming service is doing well enough that they can share this revenue with these people. Now, Jennifer Moss sat down with Sam Reich. God, I hope I'm saying it right. (laughs) I hope I'm saying it right. He sat down with Dropout CEO to talk about doubling the subs of Dropout as well as content output and the price increase plans and the first profit sharing. They have mid six figures, so that's probably like five six hundred thousand subscribers, and a double development output with a new lineup of seven new shows to debut in twenty twenty four. And again, uh, don't compare to Netflix, don't compare to Disney, don't compare to Warner. You don't need any of that stuff. This is a small streamer that is doing niche things. Dropout. So three, excuse me. I'm sorry. Something just happened on the computer. I'm skipping through some things. I'm skipping through some things. So Sam says they've been on drop. The emphasis has been on dropout for years now. The conversation around college humor was like, what happened there? Because people didn't know dropout was thriving. And then they had to get into the name type thing. 2020 was one of the the big changes for them because they purchased uh, it. They purchased uh, Dropout and College Humor from the company that was already owned, that owned it. They went from 105 employees to seven employees in that time. Of course, they had to lock down. I think, I remember, I think uh, Dropout was on verve.com along with a lot of other things. Uh, including what was that cartoon made by Pendleton Ward or some brave brave new kids Bra- uh, bravest warriors that's what it was called oh man whoosh 
I remember that. The only time I saw Bravest Warriors was initially when it aired on YouTube and it was free. And then uh, when I went to Vancouver and it was on um, television there. It was just airing on television there. Uh, on Dropout's turn, churn, rather, Sam says, controlling every part of the process, being the folks who are creating the content, as well as running the platform and distributing and marketing it, gives them the ability to optimize that a lot of traditional streamers don't have. Which means that they can make a show. Are they like, um, what's the critical role? That's the one that came from, oof, the other one. Geek and Sundry, I believe. I'm just naming things. But are they a lot? I think I'm thinking that they're a lot like Critical Role, and they can they play games or the Dungeon Dragons or whatever. Um, but I but I think you know since they're such a small niche company, is that they can they can bring in you know the audience, and the audience can really have a say in what makes these shows work and what doesn't. They're gonna they're gonna. I mean, I'm not really getting anything from this interview. Things are gonna. I mean, Dropout is it's an incredible feat that it has done. The point is, is profit sharing and that it's still able to survive in a world where uh, uh, people are scaling back on their streaming platforms and streaming platforms themselves are scaling back. But now to go from, you know, seven shows to add seven more shows and to employ a bunch of people and, and get them working in a time where strikes did take away from a, from the better part of the year and to give back to them. I mean, that's astonishing in the long run. It's important to to have that and to see that and to have it happen. Just going to keep that in mind. All right, listen, if you like what you heard here, you want to uh, head on the website, cfluscomedy.com, where I was going to jump ahead, uh, where you can see me talk to your favorite comedians. We just posted Gianmarco Cerezzi, that interview. Uh, that was a wonderful uh, uh, conversation we had. The next one I will post after that, or after this episode, is Adam Caton Holland. And then we have a special uh, final one next week, and then that'll be it for the year. Excuse me. I'm hungry. My tum-tum. You know, it's what happens when you become the top 1% of Strava. You have to eat a lot. <laughs> oh, where's the gym? Oh, it's that way. <laughs> Well, technically, my bike is right there, and the treadmill is in the storage room, which is on the other side of this wall. Well, that's the bathroom. On the other side of this wall. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm a douchebag. If you want to watch a video version of the show, head to YouTube.com slash comedy, where you can also see video versions of those interviews under the interviews and... Watch video versions of our other podcasts, which also come in audio form. I see the numbers. Not very good. LinkedIn Logs, which is the job podcast, as well as um, uh, Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show, which is a show I will be recording after this, but not before I put out this episode. So that the Because uh, the Adam Caton Holland interview may or may not be edited and already uploaded and... Uh, Releasing at 3 p.m. <laughs> so I have to put this out soon. 
video versions, youtube.com slash equals comedy. You can watch us or watch us do it, whatever you want to do. Uh, social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at C plus comedy, me at Chad Black White. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Tell your friends and let's get the heck out of here. Bye.